Hello there, welcome to this week's episode of the Peter Greenwood Show podcast. My name is Peter Greenwood and I'm the host of the Peter Greenwood Show, the podcast of which you're listening to now. That makes sense, doesn't it? So, on today's show, I've got a massive interview for you. If you listen to the broadcast show, you may know that I interviewed Tom Stade recently. He's a comedian. And he's been on the show before and he's always a good guest. And the thing about doing interviews is sometimes they go long, like you're supposed to do 10-15 minutes but they end up running for much longer, at least in my case they do. So I aired I the interview with Tom, but it ran long, so I had to cut it down. So here, on this podcast, presented to you for the first time, is the uncut interview with Tom Stade. Take a listen, won't you? This is the Peter Greenwood Show. I am Peter Greenwood. I host this show. That makes sense, doesn't it? My next guest, he is playing in Glasgow on March 15th at the Glee Comedy Club. His new show is called You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Peter Greenwood Show. Tom Stade, how are you today, Tom? I'm always good, man, Pete. I'm always, I'm always good. I try and stay even the whole time. I'm, I'm a big... Uh... Big stoic philosophy buff, so uh, nothing seems to phase me, and uh, this shall pass too, Pete. That's true. A lot of people get are getting kind of wound up and antsy in these trying times, but it, everything will pass. This this moment uh, in history won't last forever. Of course, Pete, and they are trying times, aren't they, Pete? We're they are a bit. Weird. We're living in the older. It, it's it's kind of funny to me, Pete, when you say the word trying times because. To me, they're trying, but to people who just showed up on the planet, it's just what is. Yeah, it's it's all new to them. It's like, oh, this is oh, this is a thing. Okay, this is my life now. Whereas we're like, no, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. In the before no, times, we had before times, and and I, I I love the fact that you gotta sit here and move with the times, especially in comedy, Pete. It's it's absolutely. Uh, I, I, I don't even know how to describe it. The fact that people take comedians so seriously now. Yeah. Like the funniest part is, is that we're the ones that are actually saying the truth about things, which is, which is amazing to me. We, we're the ones through, through humor and everything that expose everything, but yet we're the ones that are taken so seriously. That is the way the world is turned you know like i mean you shouldn't be looking to comedians for life advice <laughs> yeah it's a it's a fascinating thing isn't it i think it all started and i'm not i'm not a comedian so i don't know maybe you have an insight into this i think it started with the kind of news shows like john stewart doing the daily show and things like that that's where people are like oh comedians can tell the truth and make it funny and it all kind of spread out from there I think you might be right, Pete. I, I, I mean, because it gave the facade that, like, I mean, you got to remember things like The Daily Show and that aren't to be taken like their actual news uh, clips and all of that stuff. The Daily Show was a spoof mm -hmm. on, 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 like, all the news programs. But because it had that ring of truth, because... When you go, actually, it's kind of funny to me now that I'm actually thinking about this for the first time, is is the fact that the news couldn't say the things that a comedy show could say. So, so in actual fact, the the Daily Show 
could had more uh, had more room to move than a news show did because a news show just has to present the facts, whereas uh, the Daily Show actually had opinions, which I think might have been the switchover there. Yeah, that's a fascinating point because a lot of people do watch the cable news channels and it's like, oh, it's it's all just kind of facts. There's no kind of personality to it, whereas Jon Stewart wasn't afraid to get, and Trevor Noah now as well, they're not afraid to get upset, to get angry, to be like, what the f*** is going on kind of thing. Of course, Pete. Yeah, yeah, completely. And and if you actually look at it, like you could, you would never see, you know, this is how old I am, Dan Rather. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> throw throw a throw a funny line in when he was talking about some serious issue. Whereas, like you've got, like you say, you've got actually it is Trevor Noah now, and 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 the fact that you can throw like the one thing comedians will do is is throw common sense on something. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, whereas, whereas uh, a news program, I mean, I mean, in this day and age, I guess, are, are we in fake news? Is it all fake news? I don't even know anymore. Yeah. I mean, did the Russians do this to me? <laughs> Have they got me mixed up? <laughs> oh, you yeah, nobody knows so, what's happening. <laughs> like, I remember when I just, oh, it was an earthquake. Now I'm like, is it an earthquake? Are they trying to fool me? Yeah, you can't but, fool us. Yeah. So, so with, with those kind of things now, with, 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 uh, with, with the, the, the common sense uh, handed to uh, comedians and all of that sort of stuff, I can also see why that you would you would actually follow a comedian because maybe that's what we're missing a little bit in in this in the times of of sitting there not knowing what's real and what's not real but at least when you when you listen to a guy like i don't know maybe who's a real political guy right now maybe even a even a guy like Patrice O'Neill mm-hmm. yeah do you know what i mean yeah. or a Doug Stanhope or Guys that have no agenda to lie, you know what I mean. So, yeah. so those are the guys that that are just sort of laying out uh, the. I, I guess I would have to call it the the what is it is what it is factor. That's a good way to put they're it. Not trying to, yeah, they're they're not trying to cover anything up. They're, it is what it is, and that's always been seems to be the phrase of common sense. I also think it's interesting in this time because a lot of comedians are podcasters as well. Like you mentioned Doug Stanhope, you've got uh, Greg Proops as well, Adam Carolla. They're all doing daily or weekly shows and they don't as such have an agenda. So it's easier to get the news from them. You click on your your iTunes and and it's there in your news feed. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, even... I mean, the comedians actually seem to have the bigger podcasts of most people because there's, you're right, it is Doug Stanhope, but, but there's also Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm, Joe Rogan and as well. I, I believe it was Mark Marin is the other guy. Mm-hmm. And if you actually look at these guys, because they aren't news, they aren't Larry Kings and all of that sort of stuff, but you got a guy like Mark Marin, and I believe he had... Uh, you know, uh, Barack Obama yeah. on his show. That's how popular it was. But to listen to a guy like 
Mark talked to Obama, it, it seems like Obama, his guard would be down because mm-hmm. he feels that it's, it's, it's more relaxed and it's not a, it's not like a big publicity stunt or anything like that. It's not like a news thing where, you know, they're, they're trying to force him to say something, but when he's sitting down with Mark, I think you, you would feel that that's the real person that yeah. you're getting. So, so maybe, maybe that's the appeal to the comedians I you know, I, I mean, I, I don't really know, but but I do know most of my colleagues and all of that sort of stuff. They're you know they're 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 decent human beings, just trying to get a laugh in in either the dark or the light. Who knows, man? That's that's kind of what I like about comedians, and also this kind of. I don't want to say this is the golden age. Oh, how, how do I want to word this? It's not the golden age of comedians, although there are some good ones out there. But it's exposure to comedians, like. Nowadays on BBC One, every weeknight there's a co- there's a comedy show with comedians on. Does that make any sense outside my head? Well, the, yeah. I mean, I mean, okay. Well, you've got uh, what the whole problem is now is because maybe, maybe because uh, they put so much trust in us that they're sort of focusing us now. I mean, when you when you say the the when you watch the BBC, those comedians there. I mean, they're they're there to make you laugh, yeah. Because and they're there to sell you something. Do you know what I mean? Because I I can speak for experience myself. Like when when I, when I go on the Apollo or whatever like that, uh, there's always a lawyer checking over my jokes to make sure that really that what I'm saying is is okay and gets past the censors or and wow. and whatever. Do you know what I mean? So. So those comedians, I mean, I, I don't ever like to think that, I mean, they're all funny. I mean, if you want to be uh, the most well-liked comedian, you, you have to sort of water down your stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, so the comedians we're talking about, but when you go into like, uh, you know, the clubs and all that sort of stuff, all of a sudden that same comedian on BBC isn't the one that you thought he was, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So so you're 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 kind of right in a way that that the comedy's kind of everywhere, but I'm I, I'm I'm still I'm still going to go back to the thing of the trying times, because those guys the, the comedians that you're seeing on TV, uh, their hands are tied a little bit. Whereas I don't think it was that strict maybe even 20 years ago is that when ben elton and all those guys really shook up the planet yeah i think so about that time yeah the early two late 90s early 2000s right and 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 you know and and from that you know now now like i say the comedians nowadays seem to be a little more watered down you know what i mean and 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 i do believe uh like one of my biggest things is as a comedian you can't take a side as soon as you take a side, all of a sudden your whatever is being said to you can have holes poked into it from the other side. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So so uh, a lot of the comedians you see, like, I mean, the big argument for us is, is there such a thing as a right wing comedian? <laughs> and I, I'm like... I don't know if a comedian can be right or left wing. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, 
uh, I could have a right wing opinion on something, but it doesn't mean I'm right wing. Yeah. Or I could have a left wing opinion on, on something, but it doesn't mean I'm left wing. It, it means that I'm, I'm taking those eyes and looking at that certain subject in a way that I'm going to find the funniest. Because most of the time, it's all about uh, like f uh, pretty much sarcasm, irony, all of that whatever label you want to put on it it's just uh you know showing the ridiculousness of any subject that people take seriously i, I do have a thought about that and maybe this is something you've experienced or you know people who have experienced it in the age of the cell phone if you are on stage saying something everybody's got a camera phone everybody's filming everything so if you do yeah. say something which goes against the grain so to speak and it ends up online and it's like oh tom stade thinks this he's a he's a monster let's get him has that changed comedy at all for you pete actually that is is one of the one of the biggest problems with comedy now because any for one not problems not problems that's the wrong word it's one of the hurdles comedy has to go over because everything has to be taken in context mm -hmm. do you know what i mean like yeah. whenever whenever you like whenever you just see uh, a two-minute clip right he did he didn't just do two minutes on stage that night you know what i mean yeah there's a whole show there's there there's a whole show there and and it, and it's like anything i could take two minutes out of a set to make me look dynamite i could take two minutes out of a set to make me look like the worst comedian ever but but if you don't see the whole show then then those jokes uh might look bad or might look good or might even not look make sense but the problem is, is that we're in a time where I don't think people have the attention span on social media to watch something for a half an hour on their phone. You know, they're they're usually on the bus or the tube or they're just looking for something to kill some time for two minutes while they make their next stop. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that, but that's the age we're living in, and and you you can cry and not want it to be like that, but that's what it is. So I, I guess the real the real hurdle there is is how how do you educate the public to know that that is going on? But I think the public is already educated because of you just even bringing that up as uh, a, a, as an example you know yeah it's it is very much everyone is just trying to kill time until the next thing whatever the next thing may be that they have to we're do we're no good with boredom we are no. no good with boredom nowadays <laughs> like like i mean the the, the grandpas of the world all went uh, Hey, when we were kids, we would just go out and play with a stick. That's because you were good with boredom. Yeah, you, you didn't you may have do. the Oculus Quest virtual reality. You know, you didn't have the PlayStation 8. You know, yeah. and once you have those, as soon as you play that, everything below that just seems boring, you know? So so to go back to the original thing is is when you watch comedy and and the funny part is though too in a way it also will work for a comedian because you can have maybe you're not the greatest comedian in the world but maybe you have a joke that's super funny for three minutes and you've only been doing comedy for three years but this 
this joke is so great that it generates like 20 million views. All of a sudden you've become famous off of the, off of the same thing that can hurt you. So, I mean, there's good and bad in it in every way. So for a person like me, you know, like, uh, maybe one day a joke I just throw on there or something gets 20 million hits and all of a sudden my, your whole life changes that day. Does that feel good when you get that in, instant gratification, I guess is, is the term? Because you work so hard on writing your shows and putting everything together and then you can ad-lib a line and that's the line that sends you into the stratosphere? Um, uh, I don't know for me. You know what I mean? Because, okay, just on a personal level, Pete, I'm 30 years down the road. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I started back in 1989. So I've kind of seen this wave. And again, to go back to something we were previously saying, if you just showed up as a comedian nowadays, uh, I, I think it it is a good thing, actually. It is a good thing. Because, I mean, I mean if, you're, if I was just starting off and remembering the drive that I had when I, when I first started comedy... To have that happen to me would be an amazing thing. But I think the double-edged sword is once you have that spotlight shone on you, you know, you better have the experience to back it up or you're going to be exposed for what you are. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. sometimes getting that exposure too soon, I mean, it feels great when it happens, but you don't think about the the long term of it. Do you know what I mean? So so now that you have all this stuff, are you as good as Bill Burr or Patrice to be able to carry the the fame that you have, instant fame that you have? Yeah, it's like well, as you said, you need to kind of constantly prove yourself. I guess for sure, man. I mean, every every year, uh, you know, I. I, this is only a personal experience, Pete. I, I try and write a great show every year. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I really do. I, I give it my all. And, and I admit, listen, everybody comes up to me and goes, Tom, you should be playing arenas and all of that. And I'm like, no, I shouldn't. Because the one problem is, is that I love true comedy. And true comedy means it, 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 if you are a person that is easily offended, you know, then, then I'm going to offend you. I just am because my mind doesn't work that way. I, I, just see, uh, I just see free speech. I see what I think is funny. And what I think is funny may be darker than what you know, a mom of three may think is funny. Do you know yeah. what I mean? She, that mom, and she ain't wrong. Do you know what I mean? She is not wrong. That is her life. That is the way she set up her life, and 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 she wants to not think of these thoughts. Do you know what I mean? She doesn't want to go there, and and that's perfectly fine. But I I enjoy going there. It's one of it, to me. It's art. To me, it's thinking beyond light and dark. It's just, wow, that's a really funny thought that exploded in my head. And, 
and and I'm more looking for people that are on the same like-minded as me. But if you want to play arenas, you have to understand that you cannot, you know, really go to Michael Jackson pedophile. <laughs> you yeah. know, you can't. You can't do that because it's going to alienate a lot of people. But it's also going to bring a lot of people in. You know what I mean? Because these are the guys that know it ain't real, but it's just a funny thought. But then there's the people that'll think, oh, man, because he's thinking this thought, it might be real. You know, so you're like going... What do I do? But but everywhere from, you know, Voltaire to Mark Twain to George Carlin to Richard Pryor to Patrice to all these guys, that to me is true comedy. And then there's making people laugh. Do you know what I mean? And the people people that make people laugh are like Lee Evans. And, and listen, I'm not downing them because it is a skill on its own. And it's a choice you have to make as a comedian. Michael McIntyre, I love the man. He's beautiful. He's, he's a skilled artist. But he's skilled in the art of making um, everybody laugh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whether he, he wants to do it or not, he just, that's where the money is. And But it, can you compare a guy like Michael to Frankie Boyle? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're very different they're performers. Very different performers. But uh, Frankie will never really fill out an arena. Do you know what I mean? He'll fill out like a massive theater. But there's there's too many people that would object to his humor. Whereas you've got Lee Evans, who is uh, uh, doing a, a funny bit about uh, luggage being on a... <laughs> on the airport, whatever the, I can't even think of the name, but mm-hmm. I remember the joke and laughing my guts out at it, but it's not really challenging me. Yeah. I know. What you whereas, mean. whereas when I'm looking at Patrice or Doug, he's challenging me. And that to me is the kind of comedy I grew up with and that I love and all of that. Maybe one day when I get old, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about light bulbs. And, <laughs> hey man, my mattress sure is hard. Anybody what's have the, a hard mattress? What's the deal with airline food? For, for food? <laughs> you can call it food? Please. Hey. That's, yeah, man. So who yeah. knows what it might do? You're so right, because comedy is so subjective. What you find funny, I may not. What I find funny, you may not. And that's where when you see a comedian and everybody's in the place like, laughing and maybe you can because you've been on stage i have oh I'm yeah speaking I'm, i don't oh, know what i'm speaking about but you know what i mean pete i know exactly what you're saying is when you when you when it all comes down to it you're right it is subjective comedy doesn't have a linear thing like that we all laugh at you know what i mean like uh i mean like uh, even with michael mcintyre like any other comedian that thinks like me would yeah, I hate talking about other comedians like this because they're they're all great. But mm. if we're talking subjective, okay, of course there's going to be people that don't like Michael. Do you know what I mean? There's going to be more people that like him, 
but there, there's going to be a lot of people that think he might be a sellout. Do you know yeah. what I mean? There might be that. But then again, you know, they're, they're, for me, it, it's all about finding your audience when you, when you do comedy. Do you know what I mean? And that's mm -hmm. what I have right now. I have beautiful people that have come to the show uh, like 10 times. They follow my career so much that, that I actually know them by name when I get to the venues. And that's what a guy like Doug Stanhope has and Glenn Wolves and all these guys that go the route that I go, you know, and, and, and so when we're talking subjective, of course, like, I mean, for me, I, I, I've had walkouts, Pete, trust me, there have been people that have went, I've had it, I can't take it, what he just said is wrong, that's awful, I can't believe the rest of you are laughing at this guy, I'm out of here. But that's, again, that's his, that's his or her prerogative, and the rest of us, we we're, we're we're in the same tune as each other and we're not taking each other seriously but we're having a laugh and that and to us to my fans and all that watching somebody do that to us is ridiculous yeah <laughs> we always go okay bye a good one yeah but it, it it comes down to that it is it is subjective and like i always say you know like i mean it's the same as bands you know like just because everybody loves Ed Sheeran doesn't mean I like him. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. The, yeah. You know, like like I would walk out and go, this is crap. This is, and they, the, their whole audience would go, shut up, Tom. You don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. You know, as whereas, you know, and then, and then I go, you know, I go and say, hey, I like Kasabian. Mm. All of a sudden, they're like, you know, oh, oh, that's a real bad. Oh, you like real bads, do you? You don't like just Ed Sheeran? <laughs> like a yeah. Guy, you're like four guys that practice their whole life in a garage and everything and don't just sing songs to make them hits and actually sing songs that say something. But you don't like, you know what I mean? That's how yeah. I kind of compare it to comedy and making you laugh. Like Ed Sheeran would be a guy that makes you laugh, whereas Kasabian is doing comedy do you know what i mean They're, yeah of course not like how come every everything ed sheeran does is a number one hit it's because it's accessible man to everybody whereas to sabian or bands like that they're actually hitting you hard do you know what i mean and so it, it's kind of got the same parallel to it yeah yeah, this is the voice of Tom Stade. We haven't we haven't said word one about the new show yet, which I'm desperate to ask you about because the last okay. show was called "I Swear to." That was filmed and put up online, by the way. What was that experience like, having a show filmed? Well, okay, the first one is is I, I'm always okay, Pete. I'm not about my my whole thing is I want my fans to just buy tickets. Do you know what I mean? I might yeah. sell a t-shirt to them or something like that, just as a thing. But for the most part, um, all the things that I do, like one of my favorite specials was when my son finished school. He, he wanted to be a filmmaker and he did uh, the first I Swear. 
and it was it was so much fun just working with my son do you know what i mean like yeah it wasn't about a netflix special it wasn't about you know oh my god i'm gonna be a big big star and all of that it was about making something that was made by my own hands and working with with my kids and working with people that i actually like and then trying to give it to the public for free because you guys my fans are the ones that paid for the the filming and all that like i pay for it myself through their money so it's sort of all of ours so we did we did the very first one was you're welcome and we put that online and then i swear came online and then i swear too was with this rogue company called next up comedy which i love them they are great aren't they well they're going out the, the okay let's go back to netflix the problem with netflix not the problem uh, the thing with Netflix is, is that uh, they decide who's going to be on their platform. Okay, they're going to decide, and most of the people they decide on their platform uh, have already gotten profile, like they were writers for some show, or you know, they're the 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 uh, what, who was the last guy, Ronnie Chang, I think I saw on there. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he was a writer for Trevor Noah's and, and, and I'm not saying that these guys again, didn't earn where they go, but for some reason, if I don't know the Netflix executive, I'm not getting on there. Uh, and all, most of the people that I see on these shows, I can trace them back to some other show that they were on that they would know how to get there. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, it, it feels like a comedy corporate ladder. Whereas with Netflix decided that the not Netflix next up, which I thought was such a great concept decided that, well, what about all these other comedians that they miss out on? What about them, man? What about all the great comedy that comes up to the Edinburgh festival? Now uh, saying that, they've decided to film them all, but they don't have the same kind of budget mm -hmm. that Netflix has. You know what I mean? They've got a guy named Kenny that's <laughs> got a camera. Yeah. They've got a guy named Tom that's a really good editor, but they don't, they can't put you in the Hollywood bowl. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they're going to be filming you in a weirdo venue and all that sort of stuff. But the point of the matter is, is that, um, at least they are giving some of these guys that wouldn't get the exposure that they probably deserve uh, a chance to be out there, you know? And, and so when they came to me, I'm like going, well, if I do that for them, if a, if a more profile, if you have more profile guys going to next up, maybe that might bring people to that platform and then help my younger generation of comedians that I always care about, you know, like I, I really do want to give, give the, the younger comedians, 
as much of a shot as I can because I know that's what I would want when I started out and that's what people gave me. So, you know, you kind of got to give it back, but, but it's, so anyways, back to the thing. So, so ne next up was the, the third one we did, which is pretty much free to watch if you want to watch it. You know what I mean? You pay yeah. something like four ninety nine, but not only do you get to watch mine, <laughs> you have a whole library of hundreds and hundreds of comedians that you've never even heard before. And and you'll pay four ninety nine for Netflix, but if you're a real comedy buff, then you would go to that one. So this show, this new show, as you ain't seen nothing yet, uh, we're probably going to film it. I haven't really decided if we're going to use Next Up again or I might go with my son because father and son thing mm -hmm. but it this one is is one of my favorite shows so far because it's a it, it, it's gonna be because i'm gonna take a year off next year so people don't realize i've been touring for six years straight that's a long time <laughs> it is a long time dude i'm going mental and and am i talking too much please? no 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 you fire on <laughs> sir you fire on i'm listening to every word you say i'm hanging on no worries, Pete. This, this show to me, my son said something to me that, that and my daughter too, to be fair, Kira and Mason said something really. He goes, uh, I always go from light to dark. I always start off in a lot of my shows, uh, start off light, and then as we go along, it gets a little darker, 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 because it's like I hold your hand and all of a sudden we get into the real fun stuff and this one i was sitting there thinking about them saying that and this one is one that i'm gonna start in the dark and then go into the light if that makes any sense without giving anything away that's an interesting you know what I mean? reversal yeah yeah because i've never really done that because i'm always a little bit gun shy to go hard right off the bat but that's why I called the show You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet, you know? And I mean, that's, that's, I mean, it, it, it's based around kids leaving the house and all of that sort of stuff in a way. But it's, when I say kids leaving the house, it's more based upon the new freedom that I have in my life that every parent wishes for. Do you know what I mean? They, they're sad that their son and daughter is leaving and they're only going to see them on holidays and all of that sort of stuff. But there's also that inner excitement of, oh my God, okay, what am I going to do now? I've raised a family. I got, I've got a career. I've got some money. What do I want to do? And and that's where we're going to be heading in this show, you know. So I'm going to start off by, you know, being a little darker in the beginning, <laughs> and then lighten it up by the end. So and and it's been such a fun little process for me to do it that way. And how has the Tom State audience reacted to that? Do they, I don't want to say they don't, do they get it? Because that sounds... Oh, they got it good this good. year. You betcha, man. You betcha they did. This year, because we started it at the Edinburgh Festival, and this year I didn't do any press. I didn't do, I didn't do the big posters. I didn't hire a PR company. All I, and I didn't want any reviews because... I've been reading too much Seneca and I was like going, okay, well let's, let's have a little test, you know, let's, let's, 
let's find out how famous you actually are. Because if you're proper famous, you wouldn't really need PR to uh, tell everybody where you are. Because uh, word of mouth is proper fame. Do you know what I mean? Like if you knew Brad Pitt was in town, you didn't need a, a PR thing. All of a sudden, it'd be one guy seen you at a bar, phone, boom, everybody's at that bar, right? Yeah. So, so what I did was I hired one flyer. And we, I wanted to see how many people would show up. And I've, I realized what I am is weekend famous. <laughs> like Friday, Saturday, and Sundays were sold out. And then Monday to Thursday was, yeah, we'll see who shows up. <laughs> but that could also be because people had jobs and stuff. Yeah, but is a problem, isn't it? It sure the hell it's getting in the way of my comedy Pete. <laughs> and and so but but what I did find is that those were the real fans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those were proper and and the reason I didn't want it reviewed is because there was this line I saw that said, you know, the problem is with bad presses, you might believe it, but the problem is with good presses, you might believe it. And I and I really thought about that, you know what I mean? And I went, okay, well, let's have no, let's just let's just let the 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 uh, the fans decide if it's a good show because within a week of Edinburgh, if it's a bad show, you're gonna know, yeah, because nobody's gonna show up. Do you know what I mean? If they didn't like it, because, and especially with the way I did it, because with only one flyer, the only way it could work is word of mouth. Do you know what I mean? Is that their friend told their friend, oh, Tom's got a great show this year. That's the only way that show could have been sold out. Like comedy so, used to be in the olden days. Yeah, and and that's what we we had. And, and this show, like I say, I've... I, even though I take it to that level, like I say, I'm not looking to sell out arenas. I'm looking to find like-minded people. You know what I mean? That enjoy the same thing as I do. And it turns out there's a lot of us. It sounds kind of like being in a tribe where every comedian has their tribe and they all come to you because they like what you're saying. And Michael McIntyre's tribe will go around him because they like what they're saying. And it's all about finding your people. Of course there is, man. Of course there is. And, and to do it without selling out what you believe in, because believe it or not, uh, I could, I could write uh, the the cleanest show that you've ever seen, and and you could have, uh, you know, you could have all the sponsors going, hey, I want to be behind that guy because he ain't saying anything controversial, and he's making yeah. them laugh, and if he's making them laugh, they'll buy my product. <laughs> I love this guy, big cigar, <laughs> but <laughs> it just isn't in me right now to do that i still want to feel like a rebel i feel i still want to feel rebellious when i'm on stage i want to feel like that kid in class that says something that you're not supposed to say and because you know that's that's the coolness of it so that's where i'm at still in my life you know what i mean and and, exactly and to be to be honest pete it's not like i don't make a good living at this i make a great living if that's what you're looking for but you know i'm not flying first class anywhere (laughs) soon you spent 10 grand on a plane ticket (laughs) 
What, are you an idiot? Yeah. That's, that's the thing. That's what I found about life, is as long as you can go out and make a good living and speak your yeah. truth, like speak to your people and know that you've done what makes you happy, that's, that's the key to life. You won. That you, you know what? You, you really, that is exactly the way I feel too, Pete. That is exactly the way I feel too. You make a good living, you say what's on your mind, you don't apologize, but you know, you're a good person inside. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's what it's all about, man. Like, I, I always feel like my comedy is, is, is like at a, uh, at a party, you know, when you're at a party in the kitchen and you're hanging around with all your best friends yeah, and that's when your guard is down the most and you're saying the most funniest things. You're not trying to impress anybody, but you're just saying you're true funny. And that's where the belly laughs come in for me and most of my fans anyways. Yeah, this is the voice of Tom Stade. He is playing in Glasgow on March the fifteenth at the Glee Comedy Club, which is a fantastic little venue. I've been to the Glee Club. Excuse me, a Glee Club. I've been to the Glee Club a couple of times, and it's <laughs> it's lovely down there, isn't it? It is. And and uh, Pete, may I ask how old you are? Just out of curiosity, I am thirty-three. Thirty-three. Now, Pete, mm-hmm. you also the Glee Club. Uh, used to be the Jonglers. Do you remember that? I never went to it when it was Jonglers because I know the name Jonglers because there's more than one Jonglers club, isn't there? Well, they're gone now. There used to be. Used to be a massive chain of them. But yeah, the Glee Club took over the old comedy Jonglers venue. And and the funny part is, is the Glee Club is so great. And because I love playing there, dude. I love it. But they, they changed it and they turned it into an actual comedy venue. You used to just have tables and, and you get your meal, but they actually got all the seats facing the right way finally. <laughs> Proper <laughs> stage. It's crazy. It's crazy how you do the right things and good things happen. I also think, I, I mean, maybe you'd know better than I would because you're on the road a lot, but I don't know of many, many specific comedy clubs in glasgow so that we finally got a comedy club the glee comedy club is pretty amazing to me oh yeah well the glasgow's got two great comedy clubs too glasgow's got uh the also the stand comedy club that's right the stand is here which is an amazing club and in fact that's where we filmed the the one with my son is that right which yeah, was at the Glasgow Stand Club, which, uh, which you know, like I mean, they're they're just in different sides of the town, but there's they still got the same quality. But there there's a difference between the two clubs. Like the Stand is like uh, an old institution, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas the Glee Club seems to me to be for a newer generation you know it's interesting man because i i find that that a lot of like when you are young you you don't go to where your dad went to watch comedy you want your own comedy place and and i I think that's a that's a nice separation of the two but they're both dynamite clubs for different reasons you know but this year we're just going to go over and do the the glee club this year because because I want to. Yeah, you don't have to answer <laughs> to anybody. I want to. I want to do it. <laughs> Tom, where can people find out about you online? Do you have the Twitter and the Facebook and stuff? 
you can. So I'm I, I'm kind of on Twitter a little bit, on Facebook a little bit, but if you really want to know where to get tickets and all that sort of stuff, just go to tomstade. Uh, dot. Tom, I think it's tomstade. Let me. I'm not even sure. It's, it's okay. <laughs> It's I I I gotta be I have a website I know that that's yeah. really cool because they just redid it and everything, but um what is what was it what is my it's gotta be tomstay.co.uk something tomstay.com there you go how how easy was that yep <laughs> like the easiest one I couldn't even remember it's, it's okay tomstay.com so yeah, and the, if you're wherever you are, there's a whole bunch of gigs, and you just click on it, and it'll bring you to the ticket place, man. Go see Tom; he's a fantastic gentleman. Thank you for your time today, Tom. It's been great to chat to you, and great to catch up with you again. Cool, Pete. Thanks for having me on your show. Always, I appreciate it. My man. absolute pleasure, sir. And that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, is it for this week's episode of the podcast. I thank you for your time and for your patience, and also thank Tom for coming on and being such a good chatter. I'll be back soon. Until then, my name is Peter Greenwood. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at PetGreeshow, P-E-T-G-R-E-S-H-O-W, and on Facebook and Instagram as well, P-E-T-G-R-E-S-H-O-W. See you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.